Welcome back to the Policy Wonk Podcast. I'm Policy. I'm Wonk. I'm Podcast. Victoria's right here. This Hi. is the first time that we have the entire cast and crew of the Policy Wonk Podcast together. And that's because we're going to be playing a little game. Kind of. What's the little game? What's the little game? I v- love games. Victoria, you want to explain it? Yeah, so um, we were doing this in our spare time, and we thought it would be a fun experience to do it on the podcast. Um, Basically, I searched up controversial debate topics, and I found a list of 150 controversial debate topics, and I'm just going to ask them some ones that I think are a little fun, and they get to answer honestly. Can confirm that they're not the most controversial. Yeah, some of them are weird, (laughs) but the whole point was... Ask some real controversial ones out of the controversial controversial ones. ones. But me and Kale were trying to find something that we actually disagreed on. I don't know if we came across much. Yeah, I don't think so. Besides, like, really niche things about gerrymandering. So it might be hot takes. Yeah, maybe hot takes. If we're not debating each other. We're debating the world. The we're actually going to hate each other after this. If we have hot takes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the if we don't world. have a hot take, we just... Move on. Next. Move on. Shall we get started? Yes, let's do. <laughs> All righty. Uh, the first question I would like to start with is, should drug legalization happen in the United States? Do you you want know, to start? I think decriminalization is is probably the first logical step. Focusing on helping people if they need slash want it. I feel like that's that's where I stand. Yeah, I think I don't think possession should be a crime. Facts. Like people that are caught possessing drugs and by drugs i mean like cocaine heroin yeah hard drugs like i'm not talking we're not talking about weed no we're talking about cocaine and hard drugs um but i think i think people that are dealing drugs should face criminal pe- penalties but i don't think people that are caught just having them or are caught using them should be because that is a whole that's a whole different issue that needs to be dealt with and treat it as an addiction, not not as a not as a crime, as long as it's obviously a nonviolent situation. Yeah, I think I agree with that, but I have more to add on top of that. I have uh, what? What are you adding? Some mandatory deaths. drug drug usage? taking? Yeah, usage. Oh. Yeah, no, no. So, um, I think there's some instances where legalization does make sense for certain things for medical usage and medical research especially some psychedelics i know for like severe ptsd um uh, psychedelics come into play sometimes certain mm. ones in certain instances yeah, i think the cleveland um, clinic's doing like lsd they are clinical yeah, trials therapy. or something and it's i mean it is like a very small dose guided um prescribed specific stuff like yeah if you don't know what you're doing, don't mess around. But regardless, yeah. yeah, yeah. This, that's and, they, and they, at the Cleveland Clinic, I think they know what they're doing. And also, uh, legalization for medical usage brings into uh, the ability for more people to learn how to know what they're doing. So medical research would improve for those kind of things. Yeah. And then we'd Facts. learn, like, all right, did we overcorrect? Like, do we, do we go back in the other direction? Um, so I think that's one thing. And I think with anything else, like, anytime you're – legalizing or decriminalizing things there's other laws and guidelines that'll have to be changed along with it mm-hmm. um because you'll have to make a bunch of corrections you might have been gone stuff today when when this was said but somebody i look up to very much uh said i support this is not me quote i support legalizing all drugs and just regulating the shit out of them i was like okay crazy take but not too crazy, actually. I feel like that's kind of in line with what we said. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like there are cold medicines that are legal mm-hmm. that Don't you worry. have a bunch of guidelines <laughs> around and specifics reason, like specific reasons you have to have to get them, um, even if they are technically over the counter. Um, so it is legal, but with a bunch of asterisks and sometimes those asterisks are necessary and sometimes they're not as necessary. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Next question. The next question is, is global warming something that can be prevented? <laughs> no. What a dated <laughs> question. I, no. Why is he using the word global warming words? Global warming. 
I don't think we don't use that anymore, do we? Sorry, no, climate we change. Yeah, but this, it's not your question. Climate change. Yeah, I hate the Prevent it. I mean, it happened and is happening, but like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, we're obviously to a point where things aren't irreversible. No, I mean, you can make things. But, you can I mean, improve things. You can mitigate. Things. You can adapt. And it's it's the role of of countries like the United States, France, and China, UK, Russia to to focus on mitigation. Mm-hmm. And then it's the role of countries that tend to suffer more from the adverse effects of climate change. Like we saw flooding in Pakistan. We saw um, fires in like the Amazon and Australia, stuff like that. It's it's the those countries that suffer the most who need to focus on adaptation, and it's according to United Nations, it's it's our role to uh, help. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Brazil especially has a big role in both. Uh, they facts. are facts, and even the U.S. Any really really big country with a bunch of coastline, you've got to learn to adapt and to mitigate and research into renewables and stop massive deforestation like in brazil you know i do support so. florida sinking into <laughs> the ocean i do support this yeah no like i what i do i hate the word global warming permanent I, senate I majority sorry go ahead but <laughs> yeah i mean there's we aren't past the point of no return for like worst case scenario i mean there's a lot of stuff that we're gonna just have to live with you're gonna have milder winters you're going to have more intense hurricane seasons. You're going to have longer fire seasons that are going to be more destructive and more powerful because the environment's drying out and wackier um, and because, I mean, weather lasers. patterns. Yeah. And there's parts of like the U.S. and, I mean, just because it's close to home, it's easy to explain, but like parts of Florida, Louisiana, um, the bits of coastline that like Alabama has and and parts of South Carolina and so on, that just won't be inhabitable anymore. Yeah. Permanent Democratic like, yeah. majority when Florida sinks. As I'm still thinking about that. I mean, if a whole <laughs> congressional district goes underwater... What happens? Do they have to redistrict? Because they still have a certain amount of seats. Assuming their population doesn't drop or well, it's, yeah, cause people it's don't in an off year from there. the census. People wouldn't live there because it'd be underwater. Well, yeah, but they already have the... <laughs> So they, do is they, it like oh, a, I see what you're saying. Do they have to redraw immediately? Yeah, they immediately have to redraw. Then what happens? <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a case in U.S. history where a congressional district just ceased to exist. We can change that. But, <laughs> I think it's going to happen, though. Everybody getting there. Everybody start driving like gas-guzzling cars, and we'll make it go faster. Increase your carbon footprint. And we, we can see what everybody's, happens when... Everybody's already doing that. You don't have to tell them. <laughs> this is true. I mean, we've got like... The uh, greenwashing of SUVs is really funny to oh me. Oh, my God, yeah. Because I don't care, like, how good your gas mileage is. If you drive just a massive SUV, not like an SUV that's a bit bigger than a sedan because it has the same miles per gallon and it's not significantly heavier, so I get it. But just, like, those huge, like, suburban types. Oh, yeah. Um, those, uh, the Denali's. Like, but the the videos of them like driving through forests and stuff and, and through puddles of water and over tree branches it's like nobody's doing that next question should the voting age be lowered or higher oh brother lower to what 17 that would be the one that makes sense but that'd be such a weird number I think 16 is fine I... get your driver's license and vote sure just pair them together I think 18 is fine because the whole point of why it's 18 is because of the Vietnam War. If we're sending yeah. kids to go off and, you know, to go fight for the country, they should have the right to vote. So they have a, a say, quote unquote, in who we go to war with, I guess. They're really dumbing down the whole process of civic engagement. Yeah, it's just not all voting is, though. Yeah. I think once you're, like, on the road and, like, you're halfway through high school, you start to have other kind of responsibilities and you're looking to start going to college or vocational school or get a job, like, 16 seems like a reasonable time for that to happen. 17, you can make the argument just because it makes turning 17 a little more interesting. Because it's 16, it's like, oh, big <laughs> birthday. 18, another big birthday. 17's just nothing. 17's so lame. It's it makes, like turning, like, To make 17 22. cooler... You could make it 17, but realistically, it's 16, I think, <laughs> makes sense. It just might be hard to push for. I think 17 is yeah. really going to try to get it to happen. Crazy take. 
crazy take. 100% voter turnout would be nice, but I would be comfortable with 30% voter turnout with every single voter being the most educated that they can be on voting. Yeah, but I don't know how you get that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, mean. So, I, don't, I don't know. I was just saying. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's fine when people are completely uneducated about, like, a ton of issues and just know everything about two issues that they just hyper-focus on. I because, hate, I mean, people care about say what they care about. I do not like single-issue voters. I hate single-issue oh, no, no. voters. A couple issues that they care about. Uh, yeah, two issues. Three voters. bare minimum to, like, balance against each other. <laughs> three bare minimum. One issue is not enough. To know what you're doing and who you're voting for. If, you are but like, single, if you've got three major issues that you have down pat, facts. Sure. If you are a single issue sure. voter, unregistered to vote. <laughs> yeah, what are you I don't what are you doing? Now, <laughs> something to bounce off of that. If you believe the voting age should be eighteen and the age to join the military is eighteen, do you believe the drinking age should be lowered? No. No, there's science to back up why it's twenty one. Yeah. It's uh, also there should be science to back up why the voting age is eighteen. I'm curious to see what it's it would be. It's also like a question of God. I mean, yeah, I guess it's still on topic about the voting age. But everybody drinks before they're twenty one, anyways. But I don't, everybody? Yeah, almost everybody. I'm not kidding. For I legal reasons, I have not had a single drink. <clears throat> okay, no, you in my you life. legally London. can. Your parents can buy you them. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I I don't think. I know there's the scientific re- – like, you should not consume alcohol until you're in your early 20s, and it's a little bit different for everybody and how big you are and things like that. But um, I, I think there's just absolutely no way to re- – like, what, what difference does it actually make having it be illegal or legal? Like, at least if you have it legalized for 18-year-olds, um, then you could – set up better guidelines around it and know where people are going with it and like they could maybe go to safer locations when they're drinking like hear me out just a little bit better oversight over these kind of things i'm i am against this proposal because i can't stand drunk freshmen now let alone when they would be allowed to legally buy alcohol you know it's oh, also, there would be more of them, a lot of and it's, it's so annoying but oh. it would negate the necessity for fake ids for the most part that's true Crime would go down, yeah, because there would be less. And of it a would crime make it so commit. you don't have to bug your friend for something. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that helps too. But I mean, drunk freshmen and sophomores like you're never getting around that. Like, yeah, they're still annoying. Inevitability of the universe. <laughs> I feel like it's st- like it, it tapers once somebody hits twenty one. Then they're like a. That's just normal. <laughs> now it's not interesting. It's interesting before that. So, but and maybe like breaking the taboo would make it so people are like less interested in doing something racy and breaking a rule and they're just like living life normally. Mike's policy preference is uh interestingness. The yeah. interesting factor. Shake things up a little to see what happens. <laughs> Next question. Should charter schools be banned? Banned? Banned. Yeah, uh, sure. Banned. Yeah. I don't like You them. know what? <laughs> Screw it. My glass are fucking up a ton. No. Um <laughs> No, not banned. I don't know how you would do that. I don't think there's, like there's any... that's a free speech issue. I'd argue. Yeah, I'm very, I'm ve- I'm very much in the camp that public dollars belong in public schools, Agreed. but there are very specific circumstances, especially as long as we're funding schools the way we're funding them, which is unconstitutional in the state of Ohio. Cities like Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, who don't have a large property tax base, are going to need a way to send kids to schools that are providing high quality education. Now, like what we're doing with Ed, with Ed Choice vouchers in this state is mm-hmm. absolutely insane. Agreed. It makes it worse. Makes it incredibly yeah. worse. 100%. But there will always probably need to be some sort of voucher system in the very specific circumstance where there's not enough tax base to support public schools or you're, you're in a district that is not able to provide you know when a school is declared failing by the state there's cases where that happens in Cuyahoga and even out in Lake County I just think that relying on charter schools to hope for a higher level of education or higher quality of education is a little misguided Mm -hmm. uh, from a lot of people's perspectives because they are they can easily succumb to a lot of special interests and and pressures from private groups and religious groups and things like that that obviously private schools and even worse homeschooling have dealt with uh but charter schools still have that 
reality. I think I, I think charter schools need more oversight after what happened with oh what was that charter school called? What are you talking about? Uh, it was like t- it was a few. It was back in like 2018. There's a ed. It was this online academy that was getting money from the state. It wasn't. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Like that. You need to have a system where you can regulate these charter schools called, to the same standard that public schools are. Because the whole problem with just having universal vouchers is that charter schools aren't, they don't answer to a school board. Men are schools, you know, any local school district has to answer to a body that is elected. Charter schools don't. And that's my biggest problem with it. Personally, at least. But we're making yeah, good, good. the Democratic pillars of public schooling worse in Ohio by having partisan school board elections. I think, Kale, you mentioned that earlier today. That's a that's a topic or for later t- in the show. Okay. We'll discuss that later. Yeah. All right. Teaser. Teaser. Keep listening. <laughs> All right. Last question. And then we'll last move into question. some stuff. Are nuclear weapons ever an appropriate response? Oh, wow. Wow. How do you jump to that? I think per the Geneva <laughs> Convention, it's a war crime. I think most things are a war crime. <laughs> war is technically illegal. Hey, you know, this This might... That's the whole point. This might call yeah, me out right? as a dwarf. <laughs> That's the whole point. But uh, every everything that happens pretty much in, like, Star Wars, the Clone Wars, is a war crime. Oh, for sure. So... Uh? Right? What? <laughs> most... Of what happens in Bloons Tower Defense Six is a war crime. You, that's excellent game. It's Policy about half endorse, war crimes. Actually, yes, wonderful, <laughs> great for all ages, filled with war crimes. Great game. What was the actual question? Uh, are the use of u- nuclear yeah. weapons ever an appropriate response? No. Nah. No. No. Never. Conventional warfare, like I think war in general, on like offensive warfare is wrong in oh, yeah. general. One hundred. So moving on, we're going to be starting um, some news. Joe, do you want to talk about the waterfront line? Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Oh, brother, the waterfront line. Oh, brother. If you live in Cleveland, shout out to the RTA system. So the waterfront line is a line that services, get this, the waterfront of this city. Um, it, no, wait, 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 wait. I know. Wait. I know. Right? Say it again. The waterfront line. Whoa. services the waterfront mike now yeah. it's been shut Crazy. down since 2020 yeah um because of may she rest in peace yeah <laughs> theoretically it services the waterfront but it's been shut down since 2020 due to stress fracture and other problems with the waterfront line bri- stress bridge stress fracture is it an athlete yes it's actually a good band name <laughs> That's a great band name. Um, but it, it was reopened uh, last week. But it's only open for Browns home home games for the time being. And while it's closed for the rest of the week, they're doing additional repairs to the bridge so that it can reopen into full service. Finally, in spring of 2024 or the summer of 2024. So for Browns games, mm-hmm. is it limited, or does the line end at the stadium? I think it services all stops, okay. but again, you would probably just be seeing most traffic coming from either the flats or near the Muni lot. Not from me. I'll just ride the whole you thing. You just ride to it. And just from, to, it. to and from, to and from, to and from. It's probably got some cool views, right? I've never actually been on it. Me, me Since no, I've neither. lived down here, it's been closed. Yeah. So. I've only ever used the red line, Yeah, and it was just yeah, to yeah, go yeah. to Ohio City and back mm-hmm. a couple times. I like the red line. I love the red line. Shout out. Oh, no. You it's and got I took a the red great line view when going across the bridge. Mm-hmm. It's, yes, it, it does. It has useful locations. It's a little rickety sometimes. Nah, I don't care. A little slow. It's like a little ride. Eh. Sometimes but, it goes really fast. Yeah. but then Sometimes the conductor is just like, all right, screw it. We got to get there. <laughs> yeah. But um, there's also been discussion online. I've seen in um, urban circles, nerds, <laughs> nerds. That's you. That's you, Mike. <laughs> That's Mike. Nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um. The the waterfront line, I think, is it's good, especially for the future as we're starting to redevelop the waterfront fi- finally. But I know there's been a lot of input from the community that the waterfront line should be turned into more of a loop kind of line to service most of downtown instead of just from Tower City to, for, to sorry, to Brown's Stadium. It yeah. would take 40 years for that to happen. Oh, yeah. 
But I love the idea. I love the idea. It would take forever. But it's taken them like three to four years to fix stress fractures. A bridge. And they got so much money to do that. It's going to take three to four well, I mean, years to, to do it, but like get the new trains. Yeah, to get the new trains. God, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but I mean, that was. I'm actually happy that it's going to take only that long. Yeah. Because the this original estimates were 2035. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some just before ship we them. I'll go get before them. we actually had a deal <laughs> on where we were going to get them from. The estimates were taking way longer because we had no idea. Like there was just no. That's crazy. Plan. It was nothing so it was it could have taken up until that amount of time and now it's nowhere near that long. and we talk about it we talk about public transit a lot here one because it's important for a city but also because we are policy wonks and my special interest is public transit one of my many many special interests i just like trains uh, kale just yeah, likes trains. Like trains but yeah it, it just really oh, it just pisses me off so much and it, I think it opens up a larger conversation about how RTA is governed. Um, I know they have done a lot in recent years to replace existing infrastructure. That's why the blue and the green line are shut down until the end of the month. But th- those are necessary repairs that have to be made. One, to get ready for the incoming new trains. But also, as the county is growing and as the city is growing, you're going to have to start, hopefully, transporting more people back and forth, mm-hmm. increasing frequency bringing more money into the city, hopefully raising more funds for the RTA. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it does it does bring up a conversation about why the hell has it taken so long to yeah. fix this bridge? Why were we not replacing these these cars back in like the early 2000s, honestly? Yeah. These and are... I mean, I do want to say for all of Cleveland's faults, this is not just a Cleveland and RTA issue. Yeah. Because I go to Boston – about every year, at least once a year. Mm-hmm. My brother lives there. And uh, the T is under constant repair. Yeah. Always. But, again, it's heavily used, so it's absolutely necessary. You can't argue against the fact that it needs repairs. And, again, they recently repaired – or they recently replaced a lot of their trains, their cars. Mm-hmm. But they – I mean, their cars were way older than Cleveland's are right now before replacing those ones. Oh, wow. So – yeah, I mean, they put it off for a very long time um, because I don't think they really had the option mm-hmm. to close lines and replace them as easily as we can here. So they had to they spread had to things something. out. A, they had to yeah. spread things out a little bit more. But they've recently done a bunch of replacements and repairs. And it's, it could be worse. It's nice. Could be like Columbus. What do you have you just nothing? Not have. One of the biggest cities, yeah. like top 15 cities. Is there a in BRT the- in Columbus? Like an actual non, not you just slap the I name BRT on something. I and think call it's it. all just just bus. like that, just, just slapping the BRT. They don't. Name they, on it's it. just it's a bendy bus that they call yeah. BRT. They don't I actually so. have like this the great health line. Yeah. I'm actually not an avid Coda bus rider in Columbus. You're a Coda hater. Nah, <laughs> nah. I just just like children of deaf adults. Sure. Coda C O T A. <laughs> I think it won an Oscar. Central Ohio Transit Authority. Okay. We actually get a day off for that. Actually, that's not true. It's Central Ohio teachers, but... <laughs> you just lied. Code You're spreading day. misinformation to our listeners. Hey, listen, if Pangea reformed, imagine how much fake news we could spread. It would be able to spread so much faster. That's our new policy initiative. <laughs> Reform Com- Pangea? Combining the continents. <laughs> Bring back Pangea. So, so let's keep it local. Joe, do you want to uh, talk about the recent news coming out of the Cleveland Diocese? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, bro. Oh, oh, brother. <laughs> Resident Catholic in the house. Yeah. Um, over the – actually, when was this? This was a few days ago on the 12th. The Cleveland Catholic – It was yesterday. It was yesterday? Oh, today's, yeah, today's the 13th. 13th. Yeah, so this is going to come out pod. on the 13th. But. This is still yeah. very fresh. The uh, Catholic Diocese of Cleveland issued a new policy regarding LGBTQ expression um, in – the diocese. And when I say the diocese, I mean parishes in Northeast Ohio and also Catholic schools in Northeast Ohio. Um, I went to a Catholic school, kindergarten through eighth grade. I still go to church. I'm still Catholic. But, you know, seeing these policies put forward by our diocese, because the policy outlines a few different things. 
it bans the use of preferred pronouns in um, Catholic schools in the area. It also bars same-sex couples from attending school dances for Catholic schools in the area. Um, there's also um, there's also there's uh, there's other things within the policy that are contradictory to what the Pope has said. Um, especially for, recently. Especially recently. Pope Francis has been, I, I love Pope Francis a lot. What a guy. Um, one, like I personally, I like his teachings, um, I, especially on economics and, you know, how we're supposed to help the poor. One as like a global community, but also, also as Catholics. But his te- he, he's done a lot of work to try to open the church up to be more accepting of LGBTQ plus people. Now the church is still not endorsing gay marriage or, you know, or, I mean, hell, it's not even, it's still against birth control, like the pill. But what what has been going on in the past, I mean, hell, 10 years across this country regarding policies set forward by local dioceses being contradictory to what the Vatican has said and what the Pope has said, I think is, I think it's a very unique American thing. Yeah, because the Catholic, the mm-hmm. USCCB, which are the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, is, and it, this is my opinion on it, is for sure more conservative than I think the Vatican has been in the past, but also currently for sure. Yeah. Um. And like me and Kale were talking about it, when you see when you see Catholic dioceses contradicting teachings that the pope has put out and what he has said i think there's there's a little concern that there's the potential for a greater divide to occur over time i'm not sure if anyone's aware a few years ago the san francisco diocese actually barred nancy pelosi from receiving communion because of her stance on abortion and then she went to rome she went to the vatican and got communion from pope francis yeah hot take if I can just yeah, slide yeah, yeah. this in real quick. Um, pause. Uh, the American Catholic Church, I feel, I agree. I was about to say that before you started mentioning it, was is in a way becoming its own church mm-hmm. in, in a lot of areas where they kind of started to have their own leadership structures yeah. and don't follow the Pope on a lot of things. And it's almost its own church, which, I mean, newsflash, that's the story of, every single denomination of every single religion ever yeah. it always happens but i mean it very well could happen there could be a split where american catholicism is its own thing yeah which also this is partially a joke but also partially serious if american catholic if there was a separate american catholic church theoretically would that make them protestants yeah absolutely a and b um the majority or maybe maybe at least the plurality of american catholics don't agree with a lot of these rulings yeah. um especially in like major cities where yeah. a lot of these rulings come into 100%. play like cleveland yeah. in cleveland i'm sure more like accurate polling will will come up but um just anecdotally speaking there's been some like street interview type type uh, little flash polls um and people don't really like this very much or strongly are against it it's not a very popular thing and it's part of the reason why a lot of people have been leaving the church um or just not really being involved even though they're technically catholic they're just like "Eh." because i mean i was baptized as a catholic and i got up to and a little bit past maybe by a year or two first communion so and then I didn't do anything past that because I was essentially given the option, but it just never yeah. seemed like it's always seemed a little off and a little distant. And it seemed like there was these strange men who were in charge of things that kind of freaked me out a little bit. And I, I was already a kid who had issues with authority. So uh, <laughs> I was so vocal. I was to quote my girlfriend vocal. I call myself a lot. Um, but yeah, little Mike was something. So I was given the option by my mom, and I was like, yeah, not too interested anymore. Mm-hmm. And 
and uh, and she's kind of had a, a similar, not to speak for her too much, but a similar situation has gone on for her, where she was originally a lot more into the organized aspect of the religion and then just drifted from it pretty heavily to the point where she's still personally religious and personally Christian, but she wouldn't call herself Catholic anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, she was Maronite, to be more specific, because she's from Lebanon. Mm. Um, but that is, Maronite Catholic is a type of Roman Catholicism. Yeah. So she, yeah, she doesn't exactly jive with that anymore. Hmm. As a Catholic, it's it's interesting to see the Pope saying, like, American bishops are reactionary conservatives. Yeah, that was wild. Well, they are. And that's, <laughs> they are. There's like a weird backwardness to it. It's wild. I mean, I agree with the Pope. Uh, there but. are... I have criticized the Catholic Church over the last like 10 years of my life a lot. Um, but most of my criticisms of the Catholic Church are of what we could call the American Catholic Church uh being especially specifically the leadership of it not necessarily the constituency Mm. within it because i again i do not think that the leadership of the church really reflects the people in it all that much whereas like the republican party does reflect the people in the republican party um the catholic church doesn't really reflect the people in the catholic that are members of the catholic church all that much anymore and i will say the policy also said like local i'm not sure if it said local parishes or local bishops would be allowed to apply the policy as they see fit which would either mean you apply what they what they said or you just don't do it um and it it is kind of weird to have to find a church that um accepts lgbtq people like you have to go hunt for a church that well, is accepting of LGBTQ Church people. shopping is a very American practice that yeah. most people do when they move <laughs> into a new neighborhood. It's a very common thing for families. This is true. Everybody goes church shopping. They go house shopping and school shopping and then church shopping. Um, but, and, and I think, I mean, if you just drive through West Park or Lakewood, you will, and Westlake even, mm-hmm. where I'm originally from, you will find all kinds of churches with uh, pride flags and, and such on them. Yeah. However... Zero of them are Catholic churches. Mm -hmm. Absolutely none of them. But again, there will be Catholic churches that are more accepting um, because the bishops or priests just happen to be. Yeah. And then there's instances where they're going to be maybe even more conservative than the actual ruling was because they apply it with their own spice. Yeah. So earlier, Mike, you brought up uh, partisan school board elections. (laughs) Yeah. So today, this is according to Ohio Capital Journal, the Ohio GOP has initiated an effort to introduce (laughs) – sorry. It's just so ridiculous. Wonky, but not in, like, a cool way like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've introduced a plan to make all state board of education positions partisan Mm -hmm. and elected, which is reversing what they wanted to do not too long ago, which is to make even more of them appointed by the governor. Right. So – it's probably an instance where they just keep doing research on it and keep trying to find ways that they can make it more conservative and more yeah. partisan and Republican. So originally they thought appointees are the way to go. They probably realized that DeWine might be a little bit less biased than they'd like. I hate Mike DeWine, I just want to say. But at the same time, he's Maybe arguably one of the more reasonable Republican governors as... What do you mean he's a Republican? He's a rhino. Republican in name only. Exactly. He made us wear masks and shut That's the state down. That's why he's one of the more tame <laughs> ones. That's just not saying a lot. Mm-hmm. He's more tame than the others, but that's really saying something about the others. Uh, but, yeah, again, he's probably not as demonic on education as they want him to be, and they realize... That there is no more demonic voting group than local issue, like suburban stay-at-home parents and retirees who have all the time in the world to go to school board meetings and pester the school board and to scream at teachers and to vote for these people. And they already vote Republican. So once you start tacking an R or a D next to their name, 
they're not going to be voting on whether or not this person wants to improve funding for cafeterias. They're going to vote on them based on the R or the D. So the bill's called House Bill 235. It's sponsored by Representative Sarah Fowler oh, Arthur. God. And Ugh. she said that it is to address, quote, a serious omission of transparency and accountability in the state education system. Now, I know. Accountable to, to what, like, what do they mean? I mean, I know they want them to be accountable to the parents who are screaming about trans issues. I know, I know. That's what they want them to be accountable to, right? I personally know a handful of people, and by a handful I mean two, who sit on the State Board of Education, mm. elected, and they're really cool. I really like them. They wouldn't win a statewide election. Absolutely not. I don't think any more than one or two moderate Democrats would. You just, like, you tag well, RD next to their name and the, it screws them. I yeah. just want to clarify. The state, the state school board does have districts. It is, That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, but Sarah Arthur Fowler, Fowler used to sit on the state school, school board of education mm-hmm. um, before she ran for uh, House District 99. Was she an appointee? No. No, she was elected. Yeah. I remember growing up as a kid, I would see her signs all around Asheville County. Um <laughs> Oh, she's from Ashtabula. Okay. This not, is also I'm not this, very familiar with her personally. This is also the same woman that said we need to teach both sides of the Holocaust. Oh, oh that's who that that's, was. Yeah. So I don't think I I'm going to put a lot her, of stock yes. in Sarah Arthur Fowler's opinion about really anything, to be honest, to be quite frank. <laughs> Especially education. She Especially, doesn't seem to be particularly educated. Now, the partisan ID next to names does give people information but there's just certain things that aren't meant to be partisan judgeships are one of them we already have partisan affiliation for state supreme court elections which i think is wrong uh-huh. but also especially for state school board um local school board erect elections are nonpartisan for a reason because we're talking about children's education we're talking about our community's education i don't you should be focused on those issues, yeah. not tied to the other issues in your party. And exactly what this will do is it's going to nationalize every possible election that they can because they know they're not going to win on policy and things that parents and people actually care about. What they think they can win on is putting an R next to someone's name or putting a D next to someone's name and demonizing them and attaching them to national issues that don't matter for the office they're seeking. Mm-hmm. Why would like why would someone's stance on reproductive rights matter in a school board election? Exactly. Why would someone's yeah. support or opposition to Joe Biden matter in a school board election? It doesn't. We're talking about the curriculum and our kids' education. We're not talking about what's happening in Washington D.C. But they want that to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. Because it's easily it's easily well, easy to sensationalize. Mm-hmm. It's easy to create a major news story about, or again, make it part of the national conversation. And, yeah, they, they can't win on policy. They don't have many policies. The ones they do have are usually pretty unpopular. So they have to coat them in layers of haze to yeah. make it even passable. Apart from lowering taxes, which is something they say and sounds popular. But well, I don't think that's not a policy. It'll trickle down. I, I don't, is that? Because... Reaganomics. The policies implemented that do end up lowering taxes usually cut programs and then end up becoming less popular. Exactly. Reaganomics. <laughs> so we have roughly 10 minutes left. Let's move into our last little topic. An impeachment inquiry mm. into President of the United States. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't do it, Kevin. Oh, Womp womp. News that uh, Speaker McCarthy has formally launched an impeachment inquiry. Has okay. said he's going to. Oh my direct. God! Really? Oh my gosh! You know? Oh, it's devastating. <laughs> Ooh! Don't do it! Please don't do it! Oh no! Oh no! Joe and John Fetterman are the same. Are they? They're the exact same person. They're both like six foot nine. Yeah, they like both have seven. mustaches. Mm-hmm. They both yeah. have either bald or really short hair. They're both you like you were bald at one point. I was. They're both bald. fashion icons. They're both senators. Look, I've said if I ever got elected to the Senate, I'm wearing jeans for the most part. Word. Because I'm just real like that. Yeah. Yeah. John Fetterman though, he doesn't even wear jeans. He wears cargo shorts. Because he's real he, like and, that. Or not even cargo shorts. He'll wear gym shorts. What he a is cool truly dude. real like that. 
I feel I'm, like that's... I'm happy to see him too over these like there's over the last day or two there's been a lot more media coming out with just him at the forefront of it. It's so funny. Uh, the Senate hearing, I don't remember exactly what it's for, but there's a Senate hearing um, where he is on the committee and he's asking a lot of questions. And then there's also these clips and he just looks a lot better. So I'm happy to see that he's recovering yeah. pretty well from his stroke at this point. And he's, Actually respect he's the up help. and going out. and Yeah. Yeah. F- realistically, I mean, it's a fairly fast recovery. All um, things considered. Yeah. I mean, before, I just want to say like, I know he he's actually been very public with his struggles with his mental health, and I respect the hell out of him for being oh, so yeah. public yeah. about 100%. it. Yeah, one hundred percent. The realist senator yeah. in so many he ways, he on the outside is. and the inside, yeah. he truly is is a regular guy who's a senator. He's but, just a guy from Pittsburgh. I mean, he's yeah. gigantic. He is a Steelers fan, but I can overlook that because it's really. I cool do mustache. love how he physically is just so different than almost every other American in the <laughs> entire country. One of the absolute just, he's just so tall. And then the, the mustache is incredible, um, but he uh, probably represents regular people better than almost any other senator at the same time. Are you working on his campaign? So. Why are you Why are you being so kind? I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. but like, and on- I like that running that kind of guy in the Midwest. I like it the works. idea of it. I think it clearly. Does. I mean, he outran Joe Biden by five. But like. And again, like the whole impeachment thing, like along with oh, the, yeah, yeah. back to the actual, along topic. With yeah, the right. actual topic. <laughs> little Fetterman side note. But um, now back to that. It's for why to save McCarthy's ass as speaker. I don't think it will. It won't. He's I think got, it hurts. It's a lose lose. Now that he's opened even the idea of it, it's it's over. Let's be real. He's done. He's done anyways. Yeah. He's done anyways. Yeah, they're going to lose. We're getting the House. Democrats are getting yeah. the House back in 2024. I think it goes from like a lean or a likely to a likely or a safe yeah. somewhere in there. Because redistricting alone, assuming New York redistricts, which I think it will. It I don't is. know how well yeah. it's – I don't know how heavily, but I think from what I've seen it's going to. Um, and then Ohio is keeping its maps, which means – as bad as that is, it's better than what would have happened, which is losing our seat. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I think redistricting is already going to pull it in the Democrats' favor so that a just blank map 50-50 election goes in our favor. Um, which is actually, like, a really big change. Like, I know, like, over – Democrats lost so big in the 2010 midterms at the leg- at the state legislative level that we got completely washed do you remember in yeah. redistricting back in 2010 i do remember no but <laughs> i remember i i know hearing stories from people i know in lake county um where democrats we would have to like outperform the generic ballot by like f- like five points just to get a slim majority because of how Political polarization yeah. is a strong, strong force. But now that the t- the tides are turning, one in a good way because now we're finally getting VRA maps that are actually VRA compliant. You're getting more majority. Yeah. Oh, black except districts, for in Ohio. Except but for in Ohio. Again, it was going to be worse. But again, the impeachment thing. No one, no average voter, and by average voter, I mean, like, I mean, like my dad. I average mean, like, Joe? The average Joe, per se. Mm. When they <laughs> see Kevin McCarthy starting an impeachment inquiry against Joe Biden for no specific reason. His, Joe Biden's, like, deadbeat son's laptop situation. Which, and, like, I, I, and it's like, that's his son. I don't care. That's like uh, <laughs> ancient aliens levels of things you got to follow to make that make any sense that c-spans is, <laughs> turned into the history a channel, conspiracy basically. within a conspiracy theory. crazy take we should sell t-shirts that say that yeah. but there's no there's no basis for this impeachment like i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna play the side of oh well if there is something you know they should prosecute him there's there's nothing <laughs> there isn't anything to prosecute him on you're just make you're just mad about trump getting impeached for actual things and happen. honestly they're pretty open about it being payback yeah. i don't think like Marjorie Taylor Greene's going to be as open about it being payback, and I know for a fact McCarthy wouldn't be as open about being payback, or as open about it being payback. But voters are, like mm-hmm. uh, media personalities are, on Fox News or on Twitter, or the app formerly known as Twitter. And it's they, not- they're pretty open about it. They're posting yeah. like the revenge with Trump's mugshot in like a 
uh, red, white, and blue filter. And you, you gotta like Ooh, know. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you have to know. It's gonna that, fail. Like Kevin McCarthy yeah, yeah. knows that it's going to fail because yeah, he yeah, tweeted he today, "Quote: We will go wherever the evidence takes us." Because that's what you say when you lost. Yeah, yeah, that's what you say when you know that you have quote no evidence. And you're not gonna one. There's there's there are far more Republicans in Biden districts than there are Democrats in Trump districts. One, two, and the Democrats in Trump districts are like unreasonably popular. Yeah, a lot of them like, are like weirdly, weirdly popular. popular. Yeah, but even moderate Republicans in safe Republican districts are not going to get on board with this. You're not going to get people like I like again. I don't I don't know the guy, but. You know, you're not going to get someone like Dave Joyce supporting an impeachment against Joe Biden. One, because he's a he's a normal person. Yeah, he's not hell bent on getting revenge on the opposition, because that's that's what the bad guys do. That's what the bad guys. The do. bad guys utilize the institutions in of a the lot country. of ways. I think they have positioned themselves as the bad guys, but pretty openly. Yeah. I think this is <laughs> different than what a lot of pro-life people want to try to position themselves as they do try to make themselves look like the godly ones the good guys but aside from the religious arguments um that conservatives might have to make themselves look like good guys they do like that like star wars empire type like they like to be that like they think it's cool like yeah like the red and the darkness and hey the, yo it seems like the that's... empire's pretty cool you should join up or something <laughs> yeah yo dudes but yeah, they are marketing themselves. Yeah, they're marketing themselves like as yeah, as like the the counterculture, the revel like the conservative revolution bad guys. But conservative punk movement? Don't ever say that in my presence again. You know how crazy that conservative would be? Conservative and punk is like yeah, jumbo shrimp. The, oh, exactly. Yeah. If you can find Not any good conservative punk actually, music, send I it to us. I will say when they call themselves punk, I think that's hilarious. They're not punk. But I actually can get behind the idea of them being a counterculture because I think that the majority or uh, yeah, not even just the plurality, the majority of Americans when it comes to cultural issues are not on the side of conservatives by and large, yeah. which makes them counter to the culture. The ca- the culture of America is like a moderately liberal culture. Most of the time, fairly individualistic. Yes. That goes with conservatism. But it also goes with liberalism a lot of the time. When you think of like the the like the first wave of punk, you think of like the studded leather jackets, the mohawks, and like, yeah. like that type of music and stuff like that. And they're like they're super like anarchists. They're they're ancom. They've all, by the way, all of those first wave artists have just become regular conservatives nowadays. But. Now it's Continue. Dennis Prager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now it's, it's like, Dennis Prager. It's Dennis Prager wearing yeah. a Donald Trump the mugshot t-shirt. The most punk they get yeah. is Kanye. <laughs> yeah, I will admit. Not anymore. Some he of the watched, thi- well, yeah, uh, he did Twenty One Jump Street. Watched Twenty One Jump Street, so he's not anti-Semitic anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, they. they I, I think he's punk because he's crazy, uh, <laughs> and that's not a good thing. But yeah, they. Uh, Dennis Prager. Um, Ben Shapiro, very, very <laughs> Michael like, Knowles, mayonnaise types. That's crazy. That's so crazy. But uh, we're running out of time here. So any other comments before I move into something kind of exciting for us? I love trains. Second that. Mike? I love dogs. Second that. So moved. Especially the dog we saw today. Yeah. That no listeners got to see, except for maybe like two people if they end up listening. You know who you are. Um, Phoebe, the sweetest dog in the world. Shout, Shout out. out. Shout out, Phoebe. Yep. Shout out. But uh, What's the exciting news? So I got an email, or we got an email rather, to the Policy Wonk email from Feedspot.com saying that they ranked us in the top 25 Ohio political podcasts. We we're ranked at number 18. A couple positions behind John Kasich and Jordan Klepper's podcast. Can we, I didn't know they had a podcast together. I didn't even know Kasich first had a all. podcast. Kasich does a lot now. I know Klepper did. I didn't know Kasich was part of it. What, he's not. But what interesting things does Kasich have to say? Uh, returning billion, like hundreds of millions of dollars to establish a a regional rail network in the state. 
he never forgive John Kasich. I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking directly to John. Defend Kasich. Johnny. Come on the podcast. You need yourself. to come on this podcast, <laughs> and I am going to absolutely obliterate you. You hear that, John? You hear that? Why did you return that money? This is an open invitation. We can talk it out like men, like Ohioans. But man, am I mad about that. I could be taking a train back home to Columbus in like 45 minutes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, I have to drive three hours and stop in Ashland. I think the (laughs) argument is that the highways exist and people seem comfortable driving on the highway. Put a train down the middle of the highway. Nobody driving that far. We should add another lane. Maybe it would go faster. That's everything. That's all we do in Columbus instead of adding like light rail. Just add another lane. Just drive faster. How about that? What, okay, Close wait. your eyes. Take a nap while what you drive. If we, That's what fun. if we build? You can do that on a train. What if we build a quadruple a decker, twenty lane expressway, straight into Obets? That's I mean, what they're doing in straight China. Into Obets. That's yeah. what they're doing in China. But great things are happening in the People's Republic of China, like twenty lane double decker highways. <laughs> Hi, Dubai Jinping. as well. But high house of Saad. I I, uh, listen, listen. Hear me out. New plan for public transit. You take a bus, okay? Right, right. Double-decker bus. Right. Right. Attach them to each other. So there's like a bunch of them, right? Right. And then put those on a set like path on the road Mm -hmm. or next to the road or under the road or over the road or anywhere really mm. and and those go places right. so instead of like but yeah let them avoid traffic though yeah instead of like yeah. one person in a car next to like 18,000 other people in their own individual cars all these people can go on this like connected bus and we can call it something cool like a train like a tram or a tram are you writing this down? Is someone writing this down? It's like a million dollar idea. It's, like it's hard to forget, personally. I, I, it's hard I, to forget. <laughs> it's pretty. It sticks. We should do train. That. I think. How about train? Have you ever taken a train into Chicago? No, I've actually never rode. No, but Amtrak. I want to take the Amtrak at some point. I th- my family. I know we went, some more scenic ones. But. We went from South Bend, Indiana, to into Chicago one time on the train, and we took a double decker train, and it was wild. Did you have to go through Gary? I don't think so. No. Okay. Maybe. Oh, no, this, was, this was actually a long time ago. Darius Garland's from Gary. Shout out Darius Garland. Shout out. Shout yeah. out. But anyways. That's all I have. That's that's all the time we have for today. That's all I have. John Kasich, invitation's open. Hit me up. <laughs> Our DMs are open. Yes. I want a personal DM from John Kasich. That'd be cool. I'd screenshot that. Wonk Nation, represent. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank Joe. you. By policy. Bye, Wonk. Bye, podcast. Bye, podcast.